Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 95 of Geek Town Radio. I'm here this week with Andrew. Hello, everybody. Episode 95 already. My goodness. <laughs> I know. It's, I can't believe we've nearly done 100 of these. It'll be 100 in, the, in about February, I think. We'll have to figure something special to do for that show. <laughs> it doesn't feel like any more than 89 of them. <laughs> yes. Um, it's crazy. Oh, it's, what, two years since we started this? Something like that? So... But yes, how how's your week been? Oh, my week's been fascinating. I've, uh, as b- before the recording started, as as you heard, I uh, got myself a new little toy in the form of the Amazon Echo. Yes, how is that? It's nice and it's fun. It's not earth shattering yet. <laughs> um, there's not a great deal that it can do that you can't do in other more conventional ways, but it's quite nice to have and it's fun for the kids to, to, to speak to and things. Um, <laughs> if only you so. could babysit properly. That's what you want. <laughs> well, then I'd be rather redundant, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to, I've got to, I've got to have some function in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have looked at them a few times, but they're, they're what 150 quid, and it, it seemed a bit excessive it, 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 considering. I got the little, I got the little one, um, and I got it when it was. Firstly, it was reduced by 10 pounds for some reason, and also I had some Amazon vouchers, I think. So basically, I, I, I got it free. Oh, okay. Yeah, is that the the little the, there's because there's like a tall tower one which is 150 quid one, and then there's like a little one. I thought the little ones were just extenders. Do they work no, no. on their own? They, they do indeed. They have a little speaker in them, which is if you're a music sound technician type person, then it's not going to be all that wonderful. But <laughs> for for a small room, for my purposes, it's reasonable, and you can connect it wirelessly to a Bluetooth speaker that you might otherwise already have. So oh, the okay. sound is only as as good or as poor as the setup that you have. That's interesting. I, I might go back and look at the. It's the Amazon Dot, isn't it? The uh, the little one. Echo Dot. Yeah. Echo Dot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I might go and have a look at that because I'd assume they needed the main hub to function, but no, they're just a. They do everything the tall one does, except it doesn't have the the, the depth of bass and and um, sound. But unless your living room is massive, it's not a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I might I might have to go and. Hmm. Yeah. 
Oh well, that might be my Christmas present to myself sorted then. <laughs> so here you go, here you go, everybody. Episode ninety six sees Dave with his Amazon Echo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm not sure whether it'll work as a co-host, but we could always give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing um, TV wise? TV wise, um, TV and film wise, uh, main highlights, I think. I've become the last person in Britain to watch Batman versus Superman, the Dawn of Justice. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? I, it's hard to tell. Um, after about half an hour or so, I think I became a bit bored and ended up just surfing aimlessly on Wikipedia. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. okay, yeah. Um, That's possibly not, not a great sign. It wasn't terrible, but... Uh, no, no. It wasn't. It was nowhere near as good as the previous three Batman. I was going to say Batman films. Batman. <laughs> films. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't even as good as the last Superman film. Yeah. I. I mean, I, we've we've spoken at length previously on the show uh, the sort of various issues that I have with that movie. I, the, I, I just find the DC films incredibly frustrating because you sort of feel that they look beautiful, but they're just lacking in story and it should be way better than it is. It's like that kid at school that you know has talent, but just spends the day in the class messing around. And you kind of think, I just wish they'd apply themselves a bit more. Well, quite. I think it's not a, uh, it's not a hard argument to make just to, if you were to argue that DC possibly has a stronger roster of characters than Marvel. But what Mm. Marvel has is absolute genius when it comes to storytelling and characterization. Yeah. So they can take relatively bland characters and make them fascinating to watch on screen, whereas DC seems to manage to do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's very difficult. And what's infuriating as well is they're doing it so well on TV that, you know, they can do it. It's just when it comes to the films, they really seem to struggle. And I, I don't understand why. Yeah. Although that said, I, I did watch, I mean, I, I didn't ignore it completely. I did watch it to the end and I am intrigued to find out who is coming um yeah in the next film um i mean you could probably make a short list if you if you know the comics but yeah yeah uh i i, I well suicide, suicide squad next i think that's out in january for those of us who watch on discs but the justice league I, i'll watch it because i want to know who's coming yeah i mean i i think it's it's fairly well known who the villain for, for for that is particularly if you saw the extended cut version of of the film because they made it fairly obvious <laughs> in that version right. so uh yeah but I, i'm sure it's been out there the main villain is is looks like it's set to be for that i mean those weird dream sequence that they sequences that they had in that movie as well pointed very much to one particular villain so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that, exactly but, but speaking of villains i mean doomsday is an incredibly amazing interesting villain and somehow they managed to make it not so interesting yeah. in this film yeah um and you know equally the backstory the batman backstory thomas and martha wayne it's almost like a spider-man origins thing how many different times have we seen that exact same story yeah i mean uh, yeah but i do think you know thomas thomas wayne we, we've kind of grown up to be sympathetic but given <laughs> given what he recently did to uh, glenn, glenn with a baseball bat i, I didn't feel 
all that sympathetic. I know it's kind of, it's kind of sad because because you know you've got Jeffrey D. Morgan playing Thomas Wayne and then Martha's been played by um, Lauren Cohen, <laughs> whose husband he bashed in the head and off. Exactly, that people forget so easily, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was anyway. an interesting, interesting bear of casting. There's ov- obviously some Walking Dead fans in the uh, in the casting office at DC. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and we'll, obviously that's on the list. We'll come to that, but yeah. Uh, TV TV wise, um, my highlight probably was watching Timeless. Oh yeah, yes, I've forgotten that was on. Yes, uh, I saw that as well. Yes, saw it. Yeah, again, it's 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 not probably the best TV show ever, but it does have kind of elements of sliders, elements of quantum leap. Obviously, without the yeah, without the pizzazz that Sam Beckett had, um, but obviously with more modern special effects and elements of the obvious one, Back to the Future. Yeah, it wasn't flawless. No, no, it's not, and it's one of those shows that because it's dealing with time travel, it's going to be very easy for it to really put its foot in it at some point over some historical thing that they end up trampling all over unnecessarily or you know so i i I don't know it's it's doing fairly middling in the ratings in the us and it's an nbc show and nbc tend not to be all that forgiving so we'll see whether it makes it to another season but uh yeah, it's uh, it, it's I mean, on fifty fifty for renewal at the moment. It seemed it, it, it instantly reminded me of Legends of Tomorrow, but without the superpowers. Yes, and without the comedy, you know, without the comedy. Although that said, I mean, there are some interesting things. The casting is um, not necessarily what I would pick, but you can see why they they did it. I mean, clearly. Ugly people are not allowed to time travel in, in <laughs> TV. Everybody has to look great. Patterson Joseph, who's a fantastic British actor, is actually allowed to keep his British accent in this yes. one. Yes, yes, that's a rarity. Which British accents in American TV shows nearly always point at evil. So yeah. it, we wonder if his um, good character will somehow end up being a baddie. Yes, possibly. Simply because he has a British accent. <laughs> um, I, I did find the two male leads a bit bland, but I think Abigail Spencer, the, the female lead, absolutely nails it. And Goran yeah. Ivanisovic, intriguing as a as a bad guy. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. He's been brilliant since he was in ER. Um, he's always entertaining to watch. So, yeah, and she was great. I know what you mean about the two male leads, but they weren't given a huge amount to do necessarily so you know we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes but i just i think it's the, the white male lead whose name i can't remember it's very hard to it, 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 casting wise it's very hard to believe that he was ever special forces <laughs> um, a catwalk male model perhaps but not special forces <laughs> yes yes quite possibly um anything uh, that, anything else um no that that's pretty much my only new one this week okay i saw I, I went through a number of new shows there was a surprising number of new shows out this week mainly thanks to thanks to netflix who have seen i think this gap of of well there's a holiday coming up let's release a bunch of stuff beforehand and people will binge watch it over Christmas. Um, yep. So Dirk Gently, which we've mentioned numerous times, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which was Max Landis's Americanization of the um, Douglas Adams books. If you're a Douglas Adams purist, you will probably hate it. <laughs> but as a TV show, it's funny, it's weird, 
Elijah Wood is fantastic and he's playing that sort of slightly bemused character that he plays in uh, the 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 other show he weird show he did with the dog or with the man in the dog suit. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know he's he's playing that kind of fish out of water kind of character again, but uh, he does that really well. And the guy playing Dirt Gently is uh, anarchic and without being overly annoying. He's just strange. The whole story jumps around an awful lot, but it's still easy enough to follow. It's just fun. It's bonkers, but it's fun. I definitely one worth going to have a look through if you've uh, got a Netflix account. I thought that was that was quite interesting. I've only watched the first episode at the moment, so uh, I, I went through and watched a number of first episodes of various different things. So uh, that was that was one of them. Um, okay. Time Commanders on uh, BBC Four, which started up again, which. Basically, it's total. It's people playing Total War on TV, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Which I mean, it's it's the show that basically invented the Total War video games because Creative Assembly made the engine for the Time Commanders TV show and then started and then sort of developed the video games from that. So coming back to it now, it's slightly odd given that everybody that, you know, or Total War is a big franchise now. So it, it now does just look like two people playing Total War. But um, uh, it's still, they, they slot in a number of sort of historical bits and pieces where they go, uh, where they sort of talk about, you know, demonstrate the actual weapons and stuff that they use. They've got experts on the show that are experts on the battles and the weapons and things. So they slot those bits in and those guys are on hand. So when they have the main battle where the two teams compete against each other, the experts, they can kind of call a timeout and the experts can come in and, and talk them through tactics and that sort of thing. So it's, I mean, it, it's a fun enough show. I think there's only three episodes in this first season, but it's sure. fun and it's very much sort of as it was in the original series. There's a few tweaks here and there, but yeah, entertaining enough to watch. It's on BBC Four and uh, iPlayer if you if you want to go and have a look for that. It's Time Commanders. Elementary, of course, came back this week as well. So I uh, started watching that. Pretty much same old, same old on that. That's doing very yeah. badly in the ratings in the US. Mm. That may not make it past this season. Ratings um, on, what is this, a season five? Five, or? I five, five, I think it's on now. Um, right. That apparently is really not doing well, but given it's an older series, that may keep it alive for maybe another season or a shortened season, uh, but that that apparently is really not doing well at the moment. If it's, on, if it's on a fifth season, does that not mean it's already past the magic 100-episode threshold for what the Americans call syndication? It may have done. It may have done. That's uh, two, four, six, eight. Yeah. If it's on its fifth season, that probably would have pushed it into uh, over 100 and into syndication, if that's the case. So, Which means they're not, they're, they don't have the pressure to renew it then, particularly. no. no. So, but on in that vein, obviously, uh, New Year's Day, the original and better version is uh, is back. <laughs> yes, Sherlock is back on New Year's Day uh, for for a whopping three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I say original, of course, that's not the original either for those of us who are old enough. But, um, <laughs> well, well, yes. I mean, there's, the, the, there is the original, of course, was in book form. It is Sherlock after all. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. 
So uh, also returned this week was uh, Man in the High Castle, which I've watched the first episode of. Again, it's, uh, what they could have done with doing is doing a decent recap, like just of the first season on that, because I started watching the first sort of five minutes, ended up stopping it and going onto Wikipedia and actually reading through the episodes on Wikipedia so I could remember what had happened <laughs> in the first that, season. Right, that complicated. Yeah, I, I, I knew... I knew where it ended, but I just couldn't remember exactly who all the characters were, so I ended up having to go back and, and read through it. Yeah, a, a sort of quick recap would have been quite useful at the start of it, but um, yeah. Right. Um, I, think, I still haven't seen it yet, but the title, The Man in the, ha- the High Castle, it is very difficult now not to imagine that being uh, a gentleman with odd hair on the top floor of Trump Tower. <laughs> Oh God! Yes, no. It, uh, well, you do actually meet the man in the high castle this season. It's definitely not Donald Trump. So uh, you're, ah. you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. There was another new show that arrived on Netflix called The OA, which some people are calling kind of the new Stranger Things. I've only seen the opening episode. It's a wonderfully slightly weird show. It starts off with a girl apparently sort of trying to commit suicide off a bridge, doesn't actually die, gets rescued, and her parents see the news broadcast. It turns out she's been missing for like seven years, and her parents turn up at the hospital to see her. The Weird thing is, when she went missing seven years ago, she was blind, and now she isn't. She also has various weird scars on her back. So something's obviously happened. She won't really talk about exactly what ha- what has happened, but she seems to have some sort of agenda, and is trying to get back to something. And I don't want to kind of go into into much more detail than that. But it it's um, it sounds very it, intriguing. Actually, yeah, it, not 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 at all like the OC. No, no, not at all. It's uh, the OA is definitely not the OC. It's um, sort of feels close encountery, you know, that sort of thing. I, I don't think it's an alien thing. I have a feeling it's more to do with either past lives or what happens when people die and passing sort of between either some sort of dimensions or heaven and hell and that sort of thing. I think that's probably where it's going. That's the impression I get at the moment. But it's very well written, very well acted. It's intriguing. And it was one of those shows, if it hadn't been so late last night, I probably would have sat and watched a second episode. But it's um, it's really that well was, put together. That's a Netflix one as well, is it? That's a Netflix one. That's a Netflix exclusive. So or the entire first season, which I think is 10 episodes, is, is on Netflix right now for you to go and binge watch your way through. Other thing, TV-wise, of course, was the uh, season finale of The Walking Dead, mm. which was this week. Uh, have you been watching... No, the season premiere put me oh, off. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember you. the season premiere put you off, yeah. It does finally pick up. The, it's been a bit of a rough season, uh, you know, because the, the premiere was... Well, we all know what happened in the premiere. And then the, it's been very disjointed because you've had a lot of the characters separated and going various different directions. You've not had that much cohesion in the group uh, and the episodes have sort of focused on like one particular thing and then they fo- the next episode focused on something else entirely and then you know so you've got like a carol and morgan episode and then you've got a episode which is negan and carl and then you've got an episode which is 
you know, set somewhere else and following two other minor characters. And you're like, I just want to see the whole story move forward. And it's not really doing that. You're seeing basically the same kind of time period in various different areas, you know? So you'd think that they would have learned from the whole on the farm fiasco. Yeah. How how to move the story forwards better. Yeah, you would have thought, wouldn't you? Mm. But um, I mean, it, the, the, the there appears to be a, a lot of, or it felt like there was a lot of kind of treading water in places this season. But it does manage to redeem itself with the final episode of the, uh, or the mid-season finale. So I think, you know, that's good. You see the group start to come back together. So I'm looking forward to to hopefully a slightly more action-packed second season with the group back together and not a bunch of disparate episodes coming up. So yeah, that's back uh, February 13th, that returns. Yeah. So looking forward to that coming back. Uh, and then movies. I've seen a couple of movies this week. Saw Fantastic Beasts, finally, which I know I'm very late to, uh, which was lovely and uh, you know, I really enjoyed. It's not quite got the charm of Harry Potter, but it's still nice to see that sort of world again. Um, I think Eddie Redmayne's fantastic. It's really good, thoroughly enjoyable. If you've not seen it, it's a good one to take the kids to over Christmas. Right, I'll do that. And then next on the list, there's something called Rogue One. What's that all about? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. Yes, of course, I went to see Rogue One on the day of release, which I absolutely loved. It's so well done. It's interesting because the director showed it to Lucas and he sent out a tweet saying, I can die happy now because George Lucas liked the movie. So, you know, it's interesting though because it's not a movie. I I don't think Lucas would have had the guts to make a film like this in the Star Wars franchise because I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there isn't particularly a happy ending at the end of it. Right. You know, uh, it's a really interesting kind of semi-heist movie, sort of jailbreak heist movie, I guess. And it does dovetail into the start of A New Hope as well. They've they've been very clever in the way that they do that. Some of the CGI work is quite incredible. As you probably expect, it, I don't think this, is, this isn't really a spoiler because, I mean, it's set on the Death Star. And if you remember A New Hope, you know who was in charge of the Death Star. We've already seen Darth Vader in the trailers. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. of course, in A New Hope, Darth Vader had a handler of sorts on the Death Star who was in charge, which was uh, Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin, yes. Now, there's a slight problem with that actor because he's been dead for about 30 years. <laughs> so, But they have found a way to bring that character back. Right. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the, I mean, the, the trailers. Uh, my initial concern was it might just be a bit of padding while we wait for the next proper one. Uh, but every single thing I've read, um, and I'm usually, as as I mentioned in the, in, frequently in the comments, I'm very careful about what I read. I don't subscribe to this this notion that it's impossible to avoid spoilers. If you want to avoid spoilers, you can avoid spoilers. But yeah. all critical uh, reception of, of Rogue One seems to be pretty spot on. But what I also read was a description of, of where it fits in the saga. So it sounds rather confusing. And I wondered, if, having seen it, is, is this correct? Is it correct to describe it as a sequel to the prequels of the sequels of the prequels that are the originals in which this is a prequel of, but not a sequel to the sequel of the originals? 
Yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, it it basically it sits in between Revenge of the Sith and uh, A New Hope. Much, it, but I'll tell you what it basically is. You know the opening scroll of the New Hope of New yes. Hope. It's that. Yeah, which, oh, right. Okay. Which, which, of course, wasn't, wasn't called that originally, was it? No, no, it was called a Star Wars, I think, originally. But, um, yeah, it, it's the opening scroll, basically, which is the thing that talks about the rebels stealing the plans to the Death Star and, and that sort of stuff. If you read through the opening scroll, that basically is the plot to the film. And okay. that's, so, and it, that's kind of interesting. It, yeah, well, it's, yeah, exactly. And and it was good enough on its own that the effective cameo from Mr. Vader didn't overshadow the whole thing. No, no, it doesn't. Um, you don't actually see, I mean, he is in there. You don't see a whole lot of him. When he turns up, it's awesome, actually. I mean, they they do a he, he they've not overused him in any way, shape, or form. He is there, but it's very brief. But when he is there, he makes his presence felt. I think, <laughs> almost like the Superman character in Supergirl TV show, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah I guess. Ne- necessary, but not the main uh, thrust of the of of the plot. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he pops up um, a couple of times, and there are some very interesting scenes with him. But there are some he's he's. Yeah, they've used him really sparingly and really, really well. There are some other little cameos from characters you'll know that you really wouldn't expect to see in this film. But uh, I won't sort of mention those because they're fun when you spot them. But there are some lovely little Easter eggs and cameos and stuff in the in the film from uh, various characters. So you know, keep your eyes open for them. There's okay. also there there are also if you look carefully on one of the space scenes, you see Ghost from the Star Wars Rebels. So serious. That's something to watch out for. They're also the um, chopper, who is the little robot in the uh, Star Wars Rebel series, apparently pops up in a scene. I didn't see either of those, but there there are are things. To, those are things to keep an eye out for that you uh, may see. The the ghost ship and a chopper apparently do make appearances in the movie. It, you will you will find them because it's not a stretch to imagine that you of all people will be watching it again once or twice. Yes, I probably will do. I I might I might go back to the cinema. I'm not sure. I may just kind of hold off until it comes out on DVD so I can really kind of go through and stop frames and that sort of stuff so I can <laughs> see everything. <laughs> yeah. Do it doing it properly geek style definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's that's all the stuff I think we've been doing this week. Should we go on and do some TV and film news? Yeah, let's do it. TV and film news this week. We have some more casting news on Star Trek Discovery, which has got some Walking Dead fans a bit concerned because they finally cast the lead, which is, we've mentioned before, it's this lieutenant commander with caveats that they've mentioned and it's Sonequa Martin-Green who for Walking Dead fans will know that as Sasha so yeah that doesn't really bode well for Sasha on The Walking Dead quite possibly very much still alive at the time of speaking I think yes very much still alive at the moment the Walking Dead people have said that she is still a series regular on the show but then they're going to say that regardless so oh. and and I mean you know it's not impossible to be a character on the show and uh, on on Walking Dead and be a lead in another major TV show because you bear in mind you Corey Hawkins is still kicking around of 
as Heath. I mean, he is MIA on Walking Dead at the moment, but he is still there as a character. As far as we're aware, he's not been killed off yet. But he, of course, is the lead on 24 Legacy. A lot will depend, I suppose. I mean, the, the main US network shows tend to be 22 to 24 episodes, which is a lot more work than the cable ones, which are about 13 or thereabouts. Walking Dead's obviously 13, isn't it? I, what, Star Trek? Is it a full series? Uh, or? No, it's. Uh, I think that's a... It might be a 16-episode series. It's either a 13 or a 16. It, so it's not... It, it's definitely only a half season. Yeah, so um, doing both of those is still equivalent to, say, something like Elementary, which is a, a full... Yeah, 23 or yeah. whatever. Uh, and in 24 Legacy, of course, is only 12 as well. So yeah. it's not impossible that she could do both the only difference with uh cory hawkins is a recurring character on walking dead whereas sasha is a, is a lead so whether whether she will still be there and her role will be reduced whether it's shooting completely separate times possibly or whether they are just going to kill her off i don't know it's the walking dead they might have done that anyway yeah exactly so you know it's rare that they are allowed to say anything if they're going to get killed off you know so Mm. i don't know uh, it's difficult but obviously you know the, Star Trek Discovery had to make this announcement at some point if she's the lead in the show <laughs> so yes. yeah. Uh, but yeah she's playing the lieutenant commander on the USS Discovery who is the lead on the show because they've they've taken this lieutenant commander as the lead rather than the captain there will be a captain of the Discovery my guess is that the captain may get killed off at some point and she has to take over but I, I, that's pure speculation. I don't know whether that will be the case. Captain's not been cast yet, though. Captain's not been cast yet. The The other casting at the moment is Michelle Yeoh from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, who is uh, playing Captain Giorgio from the Starship Shenshu, which mm. I was saying last week, I, I think that sounds to me to be like Romulan rather than... Because it's not a US... It doesn't ever refer to it as the USS Shenshu. It's referred to as the Starship Shenshu. So uh, I'm not entirely sure what connection that is, but it doesn't sound like she's a Starship Fleet officer. So Didn't Romulan... The Romulan ships weren't called Starships, though, were they? They were called... Uh, the... Oh, was, uh, I can't remember. They're not Bird of Prey. Some of them were Bird of play, Prey. They, I think they had names, though, as well. But um, Klingon, Klingon ships were bird of prey, but Romulans, I think, have bird of, birds of prey as well. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I mean, it may be some sort of civilian vessel, possibly. The, all they've said is that that ship and that captain will play a significant role in the show. So, yeah, okay. it's not a small part. Doug Jones, which we it's- talked about last week as well, is also joining yep. the show as an alien science officer. And Anthony Rapp, who is a mainly a theatre actor, actually, although he has done some TV work, uh, is also playing another Starfleet science officer. And, and with the captain of the Discovery not yet cast and William Shatner s- still not showing up in the alternate reality film series... Uh, <laughs> There's a gap there, just saying. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be a bit weird to have old William Shatner play a different character to Kirk in a timeline, because this is set in the original timeline, so yeah. where where he was Kirk, and but he won't be Kirk on the TV show for another 10 years, but where this is in the timeline. So, 
because it's 10 years before the original series. Ah, this time travel stuff is, oh my goodness, my, <laughs> my, my poor brain. <laughs> yeah, this is 10 years before the original 60s TV series this is set. I, I'm very, very interested to see what they do with the set designs with this. Because if you're setting it 10 years before the 60s series, some of that 60s set design has got to creep in somewhere, surely. But it's dated and they, they, they had this problem when they did Enterprise, didn't they? Yeah, and they kind of got around it by setting Enterprise sort of 100 years before and you know, the designs were more based on submarines, even though it did sort of look newer. But I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how, how they get around that. Because unlike the movies where they use the excuse of, oh, well, the fact that Nemo came over with the big advanced ship that altered the way the technology was developed for the Federation and therefore the ships are far more advanced than even though the Enterprise on the TV show and the Enterprise on the films are technically the same time period the film Enterprise was far more advanced because of the fact that they'd had this boost in technology from Nemo's ship it was the idea yeah I think I mean a lot of these issues to do with continuity in the Star Trek universe is they're probably taken a lot more seriously by certain fan groups rather than the actual producers i mean <laughs> maybe, it, maybe the chronology of of star dates has changed it's formatting several times in the life of star trek as far as i can understand right uh, and the in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter as long as it's a good production no absolutely i'm just i'm just hoping it's a decent show they have also we are letting klingons on the show as well they cast a few guys as klingons there's a guy called uh, chris obi who's on american who was on american gods or he's coming on american gods and he was in roots uh he's cast as a klingon leader trying to unite the various klingon houses there's shazad latif who is from penny dreadful and uh, toast of london who's cast as tukvar's protege tukvam he's the uh klingon leader that i mentioned earlier and um mary shifo who is lorel who's a klingon battle deck officer apparently have already been cast so there are some Klingons going to be showing up on the show, definitely. Now, in that time frame, this is a period where Klingons were the bad guys. Yes, Klingons were the bad guys and weren't bumpy-headed, generally. Right. So that's so no, also... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, because I'm remembering uh, Lieutenant Worf from Next Generation, and of course, by that point... Klingons were within the Federation. Yes, by that point they were. And and they developed the forehead ridges, which they didn't have on the original series. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that is explained, I think, somewhere in Star Trek lore about how that happened. But that, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, Star Trek Discovery lands on Netflix in May 2017. And uh, we, we get to see, as I said earlier, we get to see whether Sasha does actually get killed off during the second half of the season uh, on the 13th of February at 9pm on Fox UK. That arrives. But looking forward to, to that coming. I just want it to be a good series. That's that's all I want. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking of older TV series, there was a, a spin-off that um, was in development, then wasn't, and then appears to have been in development again. Uh, How I Met Your Mother had a spin-off that was started actually while the final season of how i met your mother was being shot called how i met your dad that didn't get picked up and cbs decided not to run with it now they're revisiting it again with the series called how i met your father it's being developed by isaac apter and uh, elizabeth berger who are the two people behind uh, this is us so 
they're now developing this new How I Met Your Mother spin-off. Apparently it's been developed internally as a spec script at 20th Century Television Studios, which is where the original show was developed and it's where uh, Apptaker and uh, Berger have an overall deal. The original How I Met Your Mother creators, Carter Bays and Carl Craig Thomas, are going to serve as exec producers, assuming it moves forward, but it's not clear if they're going to have any further involvement as they have an exclusive deal with Sony. So... Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. And Apptaker and Berger, they've shot to huge amounts of fame with This Is Us, mm-hmm. which is far more sort of comedy drama than straight half-hour comedy. But they do have a background in half-hour comedies, having worked on About a Boy, Grandfathers, and there's a show called The Neighbours as well they did, which I never saw. So yeah, they, they have got a lot of experience with half-hour comedy. I, I don't know, do you, do you want to see another sort of How I Met Your Mother style no. show? <laughs> no, uh, not particularly. I think the original one went on a bit too long. Right. Uh, I can't remember how many seasons it was, but it could have done with maybe two or three fewer. Yes. Eight, eight or all, nine, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Big Bang thing. It's it's If people keep watching it and there's money to be made, then they're going to keep making it, even if narratively it's finished. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the idea is it's not going to be the same cast. It'll be an entirely different cast. It's basically taking the same premise, mm-hmm. which is uh, a mother talking to her two kids about how she met their father but it will be an entirely different cast and for me it was neil patrick harris kind of made that show for me you know that that barney stinson's character i just thought was brilliant and worked so well so i don't know it's i mean the premise was okay but i don't know whether you're gonna you know lightning's gonna strike twice with some other random group of people well and even if it does then it ends up being effectively a carbon copy with um gender swaps basically which they could i suppose potentially make even worse by having a an exact barney copy female yeah i I don't know it's they should make it kind of stand get use the premise and then diverge considerably from the original if it's going to have any chance of standing on its own yeah i just i mean although it it is technically a spin-off i mean it doesn't have any direct relation to the original series it's literally just taking the idea and the setup yeah which which strikes me more of a remake than a a spin-off yeah and the half an hour sitcom thing sort of lives or dies on the cast so much you know oh yeah because you know you it's like people watch big band theory for um jim parsons you know that's that's the the character that they tune in for and and really i I mean the others as well but you know it is that cast that make that show so the whole thing lives or dies on the cast and the cast were great for the for 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 how i met your mother which whether they can do that again because i don't think the concept in itself is strong enough just to carry it might end up being a one season thing Maybe if it if it makes it that far. I mean, the the last time they did it, it didn't make it out of the pilot. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Continuing the remake theme, Netflix have got an update, sort of reimagining version of Lost in Space in the works, which now, this one really does excite me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've we've got this. They've finally finished the sort of principle casting for this the the last couple of people they're adding is inanko sorencho who is the uh, cuban forensic anthropologist from bones that's where you may know him from uh, even if you don't recognize the name i mean bones obviously is coming to an end and he's a recurring character on that anyway but he will be taking one of the lead ro- roles on lost in space for netflix 
which is Major Don West. He's the pilot of the Jupiter 2, which is the spaceship that uh, they're on. This version, the story, he's described as a roughneck smuggling luxury goods on the side who finds in the Robinsons the family that he thought he would never find. Uh, the role was played by Mark Goddard in the original series and by Matt LeBlanc in the, let's be honest, fairly awful 1980, 1998 movie version. How are you doing? <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a perfectly reasonable bit of casting. He seems perfectly fine actor so you know and it's netflix netflix don't tend to do get things wrong very often so they're doing more and more of it clearly Uh, yeah it's probably about time i got a subscription actually yes definitely time you got a netflix subscription mina sudwell who popped up in an episode of law and order special victims unit she starred in the movie free hell with juliette moore ellen page uh, michael shannon and steve carell movie called maddie maggie's plan with ethan Hawke. i don't know the actress at all but she's she's been cast as the middle daughter penny she joins toby stevens who uh, of course you know from various things but black sales he's been in in most recently he's playing john robinson the father molly parker who i think best known as from house of cards is playing the mother and the biochemist uh, maureen robinson parker posey is pl- who's popped up in search party and louis she's taking on the role of dr smith who's been gender switched to a female character for this version and then there's the other two Robinson children, Maxwell Jenkins, who is portraying the youngest child, Will Robinson, and Taylor Russell, who was in Falling Sky. She's playing the eldest child, Judy. That's the main human casting. They still need to find a voice for the Danger of Will Robinson robot companion. But yeah, that's that's all the human casting done for that show again, now. Again, again, William Shatner has a great voice and I think he's available. <laughs> you just become William Shatner's agent. In a sci-fi film with William Shatner popping up as the voice of a robot, that would be so cool. That would be fun. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Zach Estrin, who is the man behind Prison Break, serving as the showrunner. Neil Marshall, who probably best known for directing dog soldiers but he's got a fantastic career directing really high profile tv dramas as well um he's a sort of director for hire but he he's done episodes of westworld he's done episodes of game of thrones uh, so some of the big high-end hbo dramas uh, he's taking a producing director role and also directing a number of episodes so that's a really positive sign as well it's not due on netflix until 2018 but you can catch Ignacio Cerecio, you can catch on Bones when it returns to Sky Living on the 16th of January at 9pm. Given the blurb about it, I, and obviously with Mr. Marshall's involvement, it does strike me as having the potential to be a Firefly-esque slot with a bit more grit and darkness. Yeah, possibly. Um, which, possibly. Would be, which would be fantastic. I mean, I'm not generally a huge fan of remakes and things because they tend to be or they're quite lazy as opposed to originals but i think this particular one could be fantastic yeah i hope so i mean it, it looks I, i'm i'm looking forward to this you know it's an interesting pick for netflix to revise that sort of series you know so i'm i'm looking forward to that that's all the news we have for this week next up we have the interview <laughs> 
This week's interview is with the actress Maud Hurst. You may recognise Maud from her role as Kate Ashley in The Tudors, if you watched that. But what she's best known for these days is playing Helga, the lover and wife of Floki in the brilliant, brilliant Vikings, uh, which airs on Amazon and the History Channel in the UK. I, I don't know whether if you caught any episodes of Vikings. I did. I caught it on the History Channel, uh, the, the first season of it, and then somehow didn't continue watching it. I can't it, remember why now. It was, it was, it was. Perhaps it, it was almost in the shadow of Game of Thrones, and somehow I found the setting was a bit dark. Like it always seemed to be raining, and it was always dull. <laughs> well, uh, yes, it is Scandinavia. Kind of, well, Scandinavia, and yeah, it's it's dull here it's cold and it's wet I, where shall we go yeah let's invade Britain it's much nicer <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean I it's, I only got into watching it quite recently because this interview came up and I'd, I'd seen the first couple of episodes I'd, I'd watched and I sort of dropped away from it as well and I, yeah. I kind of ended up going back to it because this interview came up and sort of had to watch you know had to sort of make sure that I went through and watched some more episodes and really really got into it it's it's on to its fourth season now the, the second half of the fourth season is, is just landed on Netflix a couple of weeks on uh, Amazon sorry a, a week or so ago. and I'm really enjoying it it's a great great show it's really really good I mean I was having this discussion with uh, Bex so last week or the week before where she she has issues because it's historically not very accurate i'm like well that may be true but <laughs> really well, i mean yeah i mean my father was a history teacher and we we used to have this anytime there was a historical drama on it was endless no that didn't happen that didn't happen and he for that reason he was basically banned from watching braveheart <laughs> Yes, yes, that really would have caused a history teacher some headaches. Yeah, but if you're into drama at our end of it, or if you are writing scripts and things, then you're not trying to write a textbook. You're you're trying to write a dramatization, and exactly. it doesn't necessarily need to be accurate. It, otherwise, it would be a documentary, and it would have David Attenborough on it. Yeah, exactly. I know. I th- I think that's very true. Mordhurst plays uh, Helga on the uh, Brilliant Vikings, a graduate from London's Italia Conti School. She founded, she also founded the Tuppence Films, which specialise in producing work with strong female leads, including the uh, 2013 film called Smoke. She also starred opposite Nico Milalengro, who uh, was in The Village and uh, Rillington Place re- recently in a short film called The Knock. However, mostly on the interview, obviously we're talking about her work on Vikings, including including her uh, spectacular entrance, should we say, to the show. You mentioned that. She's working mainly on the show with Floki, who is played by Gustav Skarsgård, who is brother of True Blood's Alexander Skarsgård, son of Stellan Skarsgård, who plays Eric Selvig in the Thor movies. So we talk a bit about what it's like with uh, working with Gustav. The interview is about half an hour long, so we will see you afterwards with some air dates. <laughs> 
Hi, Rod. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Good, good. You want to talk a bit about your, your career and uh, specifically Vikings, I guess, yeah. is, the, uh, is the show that you're on at the moment. You play Helga on Vikings. I do, I do. The, the Helga the Hippie. Helga the Hippie, yes. Was that how, how she was presented to you when you were first offered the role? Yeah, kind of. She was, kind, yeah, a carefree hippie who was certainly more... Um, I think she's always been a fundamental pagan and and I think at first she was very free-spirited and uh, along the journey of her having lots of issues I think it's she's become far more kind of complex and and uh, and a deeper uh, character. She is one of the characters on the show that's gone through quite a lot of development since she was first introduced because you you first popped up halfway through season 1 I to remember yeah with a fairly spectacular entrance oh gosh yep <laughs> yes. so how, how what was your reaction when they told you that was how you were going to arrive well i think one of the things with with vikings is they kind of they try and steer it away from having too much nudity involved but one of the things that most of the actors kind of sign is a, is a clause when you audition so you kind of know it might be a thing and and i have a real problem with unnecessary as a female actor unnecessary nudity in anything um but actually, I think because she really was, I mean, she is a pagan and it was about the idea of her being very free spirited and, and her, it wasn't about being naked. The scene was nothing about that either. Yeah. It was her speaking to a young boy. Um, it was, I, I kind of felt it was, it was necessary for her character. It introduced her in a way that, that, uh, that made her character make sense, I think. But it was still shocking and horrifying to film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you had a nice, cosy room to do it in either. <laughs> You're like halfway up the side of a mountain in... Uh... Lit- yeah, literally on the side of a mountain. <laughs> freezing cold island. Yes, yeah. But, uh, yes, not not the most fun thing to do. No. Um, I mean, one of, one of the things you kind of brought up there, I mean, the nudity and violence actually on the show isn't anywhere near as graphic as some of the other shows I could mention, like Walking Dead, particularly yeah. recently, um, or, or even Game of Thrones, actually. I mean, you know, it, it's very few and far between. And given you're dealing with Vikings who are inherently, you know, a fairly, I don't want to say fairly violent because that makes them sound really bad, but they are, you know, they're, they're known for going raiding and stuff. The, yeah. They don't seem to overly focus on it, seeing an axe go into somebody's head or something like that, which is is quite nice. Yeah, I think they, I mean, I think they tried to, the whole idea of the show is to try and take the Vikings away from this idea that all they were was the aggressive, raping, pillaging, aggressive men. And I think that's why I think it was deliberately done. I think there is still some really shocking moments and and the, the torture scene of the Death Eagle is just the most horrific thing I think I've ever seen on TV. But... Um, but yeah, they, the aim is that we don't, it's not just there and it's not unnecessary. When it is there, it's because, you know, these things really did happen and it is shocking. And hopefully when it happens irregularly, it's more shocking, I think, than if it's kind of a regular thing throughout the show. Yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense. The person that you're working with most closely is uh, Gustav, Gustav Skarsgård. Yep. Um, yes, who is amazing in in that show. He is, of course, one of a, a uh, lineage of, of actors because Alexander was in True Blood and played Tarzan. Bill was in Hemlock Grove, was about to play the 
uh, clown Pennywise in it, and his father is Stellan Skarsgård from the Avengers movies. Yeah. So it's, it's it's kind of like they were all destined to be great actors anyway. But um, yeah, I think so. And I think uh, he, you know, that being around the world makes you, I guess, m- more excited to be part of it. But they, but I mean, Gustav also went for years and years and years and, and trained and trained and trained. So um, yeah, they just are a family that obviously live and breathe. The industry. Yeah, and I mean, you've got uh, family members actually on set as well, haven't you? Yeah, half. It's it's a bizarre um, setup because they're half uh, half sibling, and um, so it's been people that I haven't really known that much in my life, and then have them on set. So it's been a, an interesting collaboration. Yeah, I was because uh, as part of the preparation for doing the interview, I went onto Reddit, onto the Viking section, and and asked if they had any questions for you, uh, and that was that was one of the questions that came up: is how. Is it working with Michael and Georgina? Just, I mean, great. I've, it's been more, t- I don't actually work with Georgia at all, really, in the show. We, our storylines are very separate. Um, but it's, I mean, it's always going to be um, interesting. We just make sure that it's always really professional and there's no kind of links between any. I, somebody asked me once if, you know, if I, would ever have got to read a script beforehand and it was so the opposite of that that I was always you know we were always just part of of the general actor population and, that, and that's why I think um it worked yeah makes sense going back to, to Helga a bit a couple of the uh, questions that that came up on Reddit this is from a guy called bad luck Sean Bean uh <laughs> will <laughs> Will Helga ever go adventuring with Floki? She has been adventuring with Floki in the, in the start of season four and she will continue to 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 uh to go with Floki. She's not a fighter, she's not a warrior, she's not, you know, like a Lagatha figure. So I don't think she will ever adventure in a in a physical way, but she certainly travels uh, travels with him now. Yes. Yeah. The characters now had a child and the child dies, I think, in the current season. I'm a little bit behind at the moment. So, <laughs> no, Yeah. So my daughter died at the, the beginning of the fourth, like the first part of the fourth season. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions that came up was, does Helga still resent Floki any amount after all the time has passed, especially regarding the death of her daughter? Interesting question, actually. I, I think what we did lots and lots of research because obviously it's such a huge uh, topic to try and, and venture into as an actor and one of the things is is that quite common commonly in couples you end up slightly blaming the other one for the for the death of a, a child um, and I think I it's there's so much blame between the two of them but I actually think that they still kind of unite and they've, they've stopped the blame and um, I think she's more angry at him for other reasons um i don't i think the death of the child was was unfortunate and and i think uh yeah i think she probably has forgiven him at this point right yeah there was a number of questions from uh, somebody who was obviously a huge fan called kells bells does helga think floki is perhaps related to the gods or just a very devoted follower I think that's a question that comes up throughout the show with him because they kind of hint that maybe he is. I think she definitely thinks that he is connected to the gods in a way that nobody else she's ever met has. I think that's part of her fascination with him. Um, So I would say there's a possibility, yes. Okay, interesting. Yeah, okay. One of the things the show does actually is, although it plays around with mysticism and stuff, it doesn't step over into the sort of Game of Thrones territory, which I think is quite interesting, the mysticism and the background that they use on the show. Yeah, I think it's, I, I agree. I think it's really interesting. I also think it's good that we, I mean, for the show, to, we're trying to, 
keep it as real to, to life as possible. And I think as soon as you step over that line, I think maybe the audience would kind of stop believing that some of this is really from, you know, history. And it's, it's we're trying to tell the real stories of people. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's, they did feel connected to the gods. So it kind of, there's slight implications of, uh, of the gods being far more present than they are in today's society. But I think it's good to stick on the line of, of realism for this show. Yes. Absolutely. Of course, Game of Thrones shoots it. You shoot in Ireland, Game of Thrones shoots in Ireland as well. Do you end up bumping into them all the time? We don't, but I think that would be a good uh, a good night at the bar if we did. Now, they're <laughs> up in, um, in the north and we're down south in Dublin, so ah, we okay. never, our paths haven't crossed, unfortunately. But, um, but it's nice that there's so much work and, and production happening over there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And uh, <laughs> Ireland seems to, to act well for a sort of old England, you know. Or it old seems Norway. To us, but all of all of it weirdly in Vikings. Every time the landscapes are so incredible there. It's like every time we, we go to a new country, they've somehow found another set that, that we can pass as France or Scandinavia or England. So it's yeah, it's brilliant all the all the locations. Yeah, because I mean I know they shot some some background stuff in Scandinavia, but the the, the stuff with the longboats going down the, the rivers and stuff, that's all shot in Ireland, isn't it? I yeah, I mean ninety percent of everything we do is shot, is shot in Ireland so they just they just find incredible locations and and yeah all the water stuff is is Ireland freezing yeah. cold but but brilliantly <laughs> shot I think <laughs> yeah I mean you you really I mean it, it looks Nordic to me so you know. <laughs> good I'm glad, glad. Um, the the sets are incredible as well. I mean, the, it, I'm assuming is that all permanent stuff that's that's set up so you could just sort of turn up and film, or do they have to kind of dismantle it every time? And I, th- I think it's there permanently, but it's just every year they they add to it, so it's there permanently while the show's still running, I guess. And um, but yeah, they just every time you go in another year, they've added like even more detail, and and because the Vikings have raided further, they add. Like, all this amazing gold starts creeping into it, so it's so inc- incredibly intricate. The whole the whole set, um, and they, it's like villages. They build the whole fronts of villages in in on sets, which is uh, it's amazing to to walk in and be transported into the world. Yeah, I mean that that's got to help you get into character when you get there. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, yeah. Another question from uh, from Reddit: Does Maud view Helga as primarily a support for Floki? She seems to have been his strength, but at great cost trying not to look at this with modern eyes i adore floki and helga but in the show i sometimes just want to kick the crap out of floki (laughs) (laughs) she's got an edit friend reminded me today that i said i wouldn't watch vikings without floki so i rescind wanting to kick him Well, I, uh, as Maud, would love to kick Floki in the face a few times too. <laughs> he has certainly put her through the mill, but I I think they have a spiritual bond. I don't think primarily she is there to support him. I think that because he has ended up being the more troubled of, of the two for now, um, she, you know, I think she has had to support him, at, just like in real life. You know, if you were with somebody who you, who you loved and, and they went through something terrible and, and had a, a mental breakdown you, you of course you become the support network um i would have loved at some point for her to be slightly feistier and i more, as the actress kind of quite try and build in some of that stuff um but uh no i don't think primarily she's there for that although at times i can see how that's come across yeah 
as you mentioned, she's not a fighter. She's quite Helga's quite unlike a lot of women on the show, uh, and her character evolved quite a lot from you know just sort of turning up as as Floki's girlfriend on on the mm. first season. Has the role changed you as an actress? Yeah, I think the role certainly has, um, and I think the length of the role has because it's so unlikely as an actor that you get to stick with a with a character for for years, and um, so it's been a really great learning curve and. And also, as I said, all the things that she's gone through and the research that I've had to put in, I think, um, I hope has enriched me as an actress, yeah. What part of Helga do you relate to the most? I think we're both empathetic and very caring. That sounds like I'm hyping myself up there. I don't, <laughs> I don't, um, but I do recognise that when I read stuff and I see their relationship growing, I, I understand how there's elements that how I would kind of, you know, be that supportive to somebody. Uh, um, I The difference between us is, as we've mentioned, I, there are times where I think uh, I would uh, throw a few more punches than she she necessarily has. Um, but yeah, I think the the empathy probably is is the same between us. Yeah, yeah. Just just moving on, what you say has been the most interesting experience you've had while being on the show? There's so many because every as the sets are so epic and the, and the scenes. I love when we all get together. It's when we're all either in the great hall doing a huge great hall scene or when we're out on. Um, on the boats, it's it's kind of like I don't know, bit of something epic. It's like being in the hugest movie you can imagine. Sometimes you just kind of like, wow, I can't really believe as as an actor I'm here, kind of playing playing out these epic stories. So yeah, I think it's that. I think it's the big, huge scenes when when all the characters get together and you realise quite how big the production is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it looks incredible on screen. Yeah. I just, it's one of those things that you do look at and think, I can't believe somebody's given them the budget to be able to do all this. <laughs> no, I, I agree. But if, I mean, they do make it look slightly more epic on screen than off, but it, but it does sometimes, that magic is there on set as well when you, you realise how big... Yeah, how big it is. Yeah, yeah. A couple more general questions. What yeah. What would you say is the best piece of advice somebody's given you? That when you find something you love, it's not work. And so I think the it's so easy to get caught up when you're in a job that, that lasts that long and, and that hours are really hard to get really exhausted and, and to start complaining as everybody does day to day at work. And, <laughs> and it was just a really good advice to just really like remember how lucky we all are doing what we love and, you know, being part of of a show that's successful so i think that yeah i I can agree with that as (laughs) as somebody that gave up a web development job uh, this year to do this full time amazing you've got to take risks don't you because we've all got to jump in the deep end sometimes yeah absolutely what career would you be doing if you weren't an actress do you think Mm, good question i think i would probably be a counselor or a therapist i have a I'm just so interested in people and how people work. And I think that kind of translates into acting as well Um, because you're becoming somebody else. You have to understand other people's um, psychology. So I think, yeah, something down the psychology route. Interesting. Okay. Um, What are you working on next? Next, I've just done a short film called The Knock, which is uh, doing all the short film circuits at the moment. Uh, And then there's a project starting in 2017, but my lips are sealed i've nearly broke that once and i've been told not to again yeah and my lips are properly sealed on that one yes you don't want to get fired before you, you, exactly, you start. I know. 
Um, and uh, the couple of final questions that we always ask people, because we cover loads of TV shows on the site, there's two mm. things that we always ask. Firstly, what are you watching at the moment? What shows are you watching at the moment? I'm really slow on the update to it, but I'm watching Homeland, which I think is brilliant. Ah. Just, yeah, I can't stop. Um, that's brilliant. And um, there's also a... a a program called Life in Pieces, which I'm finding really oh, interesting. Oh, yes, yes, an Amazon show. And yeah. I've, I've been I've been telling people, if, if we obviously do a weekly podcast, mm-hmm. and I've become obsessed with that show. I binged watched the first season over about two days. It's great, yeah. I, well, I'm in the process of doing that. I'm still only in the first few episodes, but I'm, I just love the way it's put together. I think it's great. I think it's, yeah, uh, and transparent as well. Oh, yes, I haven't got to that yet, but yes, That's I will do. There you go. Lots of answers there. And you get you get marks for staying on point and picking two Amazon shows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh, if you had the opportunity to work on any show, past, present, or future, what show would it be? Other than Vikings, obviously. Oh, uh, Breaking Bad. I know that's that's cliche, <laughs> but I do think it is possibly the best thing that's ever been on on TV in recent years. So, or just something as epic as that. I just think that the acting was awesome, the writing was in, awesome, and the directing was insane. So, I think, yeah. I yeah. have to do. I have to do the cliche and say it because it's how I feel. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Breaking, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones are the two that pop up for the most. So <laughs> you're in good company. Good, good, good. You could always pop up north and go on Game of Thrones, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pop into a scene, get killed off by somebody, and then leave. <laughs> yeah, just do one scene. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and spending a bit of time. That's uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. And you uh, too. and uh, I shall I I'm shall go on and and carry on watching the rest of the full season. So uh, I that's back on Amazon now. I think. Yeah, yes. back on Amazon Prime. Yeah, four B started last. On the on the first. On the first. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I shall I shall go and be watching the rest of that because it's a great show. Thank you. Thank you. I will talk to you again soon. Hopefully. Yes, dude. Thanks, David. All right. Bye. Bye, Have a good day. Bye. That was the interview with Maud Hurst. Hope you really enjoyed that. If you want to catch up with Vikings, the first full seasons are now currently on Amazon Prime, which uh, season four B is just airing in the US and then landing on Amazon Prime straight afterwards. So you can catch all the uh, episodes on there. And if you haven't got Amazon Prime, it is worth getting definitely. But if you haven't got Amazon Prime and don't want to pay the money for that, it will be on the History Channel later next year as well. So uh, it's usually about eight, eight or nine months later, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. It, that that tends to be the case of the History Channel stuff. So, uh, but it's it's well worth getting into if you've not managed it already. Next up, we have some air dates for you. Air date information. A couple of things. Not so much cancellation, but um, the Royals has been dropped by E in the UK, which I'm sure Andrew, you're absolutely gutted about. <laughs> Devastating news. I'm absolutely beside myself with grief. This, of course, was the show that had Liz Hurley playing a version of the Queen. It was made, it's actually made in the UK, but it's it's made very much for an American audience. It was actually bought and paid for by E! The, in the US, but it's distributed by Lionsgate Television, which means that although it's paid for by E's US arm, it doesn't automatically mean that it ends up airing on E in the UK. They basically have to do a separate deal with Lionsgate to get it over here. So they ran the two, first two seasons. My guess is that it just wasn't doing particularly well for them. And uh, they've decided not to pick it up again, <laughs> which is a tragedy. <laughs> it's a shame. I wish I had a little violin here to play. 
But if you, if you if you like that thematically and you want to watch something much better, then tune in to BBC One, three o'clock on Christmas Day. Oh, for what's on three o'clock Christmas Day? The actual Queen. Oh, the actual Queen, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. Or or if you've got a Netflix account, go watch The Crown, which is perfectly good as a series. I, I would definitely highly recommend that. In terms of renewals, Daro Breen will be back for two more seasons of Daro Breen's Go 8-Bit, and they've been extended from uh, six episodes to ten episodes as well. So um, I don't know what he's got on um, the people at... Uh, is it Dave it goes out on, I think? Yes, I don't know what he's got on the people at Dave, but... <laughs> Well, that's a fairly good deal definitely definitely yeah he's all over the place Tara yeah well yeah no. presenting everything on BBC2 and then he's now expanded onto the uh, other channels so the Dave will watch I think or W as they like to be known these days uh, oh. that goes out on but um, yeah so that's back for two more extended seasons which um, I don't know whether they're both going to be next year or what be next year and the year after but it was fun that show I mean it's basically celebrities playing video games but it was fun Changes coming up. We've got a few new air dates for you to look forward to in January. Uncle season three back for its third and final season on the first of January. So that's a brilliant, brilliant show. As you know, we know um, Lila's we've had on the show numerous times, and uh, you know she's she's been a huge fan of Geek Town for ages. So we will, I think, be getting her back on at some point, getting her and Ollie back on at some point to uh, to have a chat about the return of uncle so that's back on the 1st of january on bbc3 then on the 6th of january uncle will be airing on bbc1 at um i think it's 11:25 actually it's airing so it it goes on after graham norton i believe uh right. so uh, but it, it will be on bbc3 from the 1st of january shadow hunters is Back for a second season on Netflix. That's on the 3rd of January. That'll be at 8 a.m. because it uses the American time and we're eight hours behind them. So it's uh, yeah, 3rd of January at 8 a.m. that arrives. I didn't watch the first one of that. I, it's it's one that I may go and catch up on at some point. Right. Also coming on to Netflix, Beyond, which is about a uh, guy that wakes up from a 12-year coma and discovers new abilities that can propel him into the middle of a dangerous conspiracy. Don't know a lot more about it than that. That's on the 3rd of January at 8 a.m. as well on Netflix. That will arrive. Could be one to watch out for. Brooklyn Nine-Nine on the 5th of January at 9 p.m. on E4. I watched sort of about half the first season of that, and it's fine, and it's fun, and it's funny, but there were so many other things on. I don't really do half-hour comedies that much. No, my benchmark for that format is within a few episodes, does it make me laugh out loud? Yeah. And... A lot of them don't, and that means they're not funny enough. They, they, they're passable, but you, you can't really, or I can't really invest in them. My benchmark for, for half-hour comedies from across the pond is still Friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's perfectly fine show, though. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so uh, season four of that, 5th of January at 9pm. Uh, Endeavour is back for its fourth season. That's uh, Young Inspector Morse on the 8th of January at 8pm. Not really my sort of show, but that's obviously on ITV. So, yes, that's back. There is a new show called The Great Indoors, which stars Joe McHale from uh, Community, I think, as Jack, who is a renowned adventure reporter for an outdoor magazine who is forced to adapt to becoming a deskbound boss of a group of millennials in the digital department of the publication. Not that I have any experience of that whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
That's what, um, reporting. You mean? <laughs> well, outdoor reporting. No, no, no. <laughs> more, more, more looking after a group of millennials in a digital department. Uh-huh. I did for many That's years. Like... <laughs> so, Great Indoors season one of that ITV two, 9th of January nine thirty. It's Joe McHale and Stephen Fry is the other. He plays the sort of boss of the paper or the founder of the paper. So um, Stephen Fry's got a role in that as well. But that's ITV2, 9th of January at 9.30, The Great Indoors. The Goldbergs back for its fourth season. That's on 10th of January at 8pm. Sneaky Pete, finally. Uh, season one of that arrives on Amazon Prime and that's on the 13th of January. This is the show about a con man who steals the identity of his ex-cellmate as a way to avoid the wrath of the furious mob boss that he's trying to chase him for the money that he stole, who is played by Brian Cranston. It's Brian Cranston that developed the show in the first place. So uh, the the first episode of it was is up on Amazon Prime right now. It's well worth going to watch, and it's but it's been up there for over a year probably, and it's taken them that long to actually film the rest of it so uh, that's finally arriving for entire season that's on the 13th of january that arrives on amazon prime but yeah that that's one go worth going to see bob's burgers season seven arrives on comedy central on 13th of january at 10 p.m if you want to catch up with that uh fortitude season two writes on the 26th of january at 10 p.m like that one that's a good one that was a good one a uh, slight change of cast you've got added dennis quaid this season but that was really good it was that was a great show riverdale season one of that which is greg belanti's take on archie comics which is a sort of archie comics via twin peaks it's been described as (laughs) um looking very dark kind of teen angsty drama thing i mean it's greg belanti he's done so well with the dc stuff i really want to see what he's done with this because it sounds very interesting 27th of january on netflix that arrives that's riverdale it's on netflix i'm gonna to have to get myself a... you are gonna to have to get yourself a netflix account <laughs> that, that list is growing immensely of, of, of things um i probably need to take a year and just catch up on everything that's on netflix i, yeah. I used to read the comics as as, as okay. young kids. Yeah. Um, it'll either work or it'll be terrible i think i have a lot of faith in that because it's greg Belanti behind it but we'll see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we don't have an exact date for it yet. There were a few possible slots in January where this could fit in. They have said it's definitely back in January, but we don't know exactly when. It'll be on E4. I'm looking forward to that coming back. Now we've added Ghost Rider. Seems to have been quite interesting, this series, so... uh looking forward to that coming back walking dead as we mentioned 13th of february at 9 p.m for second half of season seven flash arrow supergirl legends they are it's, i was gonna say it's been i'm sure it's been at least it's over a week since anybody asked if they will tie up um yeah we do that. frequently get asked whether those what's gonna happen with the crossovers will they tie up and it worked perfectly well they knew what they were doing so flash arrow supergirl and legends i think their final episode goes out this week i'm guessing uh must be and then they break for christmas and it will be late february early march before they're back um which i know a lot of people will scream about they're not actually back until i think late january anyway in the u.s and the problem is that they come back in late january and then disappear for a month yeah so it, it basically airs until the end of February and then they don't come back. They disappear for a month and don't come back till the end of March. And what they're trying to do is shunt that gap out of the way. So they start them later rather than having to come back for a month and then having to find a month's worth of programs to fill. And it then- makes 
it, it, it makes perfect sense, but it won't please everybody. No, it won't. You've you always get this problem. If they run too close to the US air date, you end up with all the US air date gaps. If they have to shunt it to take the gaps out, which they regularly do, then you get a lot of people complaining that it's not running close enough to the US air date, um, despite the fact that we are basically only a week behind right now. So, you know, because because with all the gaps they've had in it, we've had it running constantly and they haven't. So we we are basically caught up. But yeah, we are going to end up running a month behind. So that the first sort of four episodes of that, we will be a month behind. But after, after that, we'll only be a week behind. So yeah, it's but it's going to be late February, early March. Yeah, and if you do want to know specifically about the crossovers, then Dave has already set it out yes. in, the, in the comments section. So a little bit of scrolling down and you will find the magic answer. <laughs> yes. Also, just announced today, actually, uh, Emerald City, which is this new kind of weird dark take on the wizard of oz it's uh, made by nbc in the us which probably means it'll get cancelled after one season but it's coming to five star in the uk at some point in 2017 the fact that they've announced it now makes me think it's probably going to be fairly early 2017 i would have thought but uh, we'll we'll see i don't know i'll have to see if i can get an answer out of them so those are all the changes next week on tv obviously christmas there are a lot of Christmas specials. If you want to catch any of those, you can go to geektown.co.uk slash Christmas. We've got a big list of all the Christmas specials up there. So you can go in and see those. There are some kind of odd ones like Sensate has got, for some reason, has got a Christmas special uh, which is on Netflix, which is a bizarre show to get a Christmas special, but they well, have. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be The Walking Dead next. <laughs> yes, working. I'd love to see a Walking Dead Christmas special. That'd be awesome. Um, then, but... It, there are a few new shows, uh, mainly the one on Sky Atlantic couple on Netflix, which are starting actually uh, next week, weirdly. You've got Quarry, which is coming to Sky Atlantic. It's an eight-part drama based on the novel by Max Allen Collins uh, about the aftermath of the Vietnam War and the soldiers whose sacrifices were forgotten too quickly. All episodes are going to be on Sky box sets from the 21st of December. It's a HBO series, I think, which is obviously why it's on Sky Atlantic. And then it's airing 21st of December, I think weekly, you may even go out nightly, I'm not sure, but that's uh, 9pm. Echoes of Band of Brothers there, I think that was an HBO thing as well, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, this is... I, I this think, is not a war film, this is not a war show though, is it? No, it's not a war film, it's kind of post-Vietnam War is the yeah. idea of that. Then over on Netflix, you've got uh, Travellers, which is another time-travelling series. This one's starring Eric McCormack from Will and Grace. No idea whether that's going to be any good, but you've got that. And uh, finally, on the 23rd of December, you've got Troll Hunters, which uh, should be a good one for the kids, it's as but it could be worth watching for adults as well, because it's an animated series from uh, Gamora de Toro and DreamWorks, playing good and evil trolls, You've got uh, Ron Perlman doing some of the voices. It was the show that Anton Yeltsin was supposed to do a voice for before he was tragically killed by that car accident. Yeah. It's finally got an air date, which is 23rd of December. I, I might go and watch a few episodes of that just because of the people behind it and the people voicing. I think that could be quite interesting. Definitely, yeah. And with that in mind, of course, by this time next week, it will be all over Christmas. Yes. Uh, the Easter eggs will be out in the shops. Yes, sadly, that is true. So, yeah, that's all we have for uh, for this week and, and this year, actually. I think we're back on the 
10th, I think it is. It will be the uh, couple of weeks we're taking a break for Christmas and then we will be back with a new show in a brand new year. Let's hope it's not quite as crazy as this year has been. <laughs> that would be good. But uh, yeah, just want to wish you a Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, thank you for coming to the site this year. Definitely. The support is hugely appreciated and have a very happy new year. We'll see you on the other side. See you in 2017. Yes. Just a couple of quick notes. If you if you want to get hold of us, you can uh, or find the latest air dates. We will still be updating things over the holiday period. So uh, it's geektown.co.uk throughout the week. You can see all the latest air date info. You can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post. You can find us at Geektown on Twitter, uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We shall see you after the uh, Christmas break. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.